themselves and 360 the world. Jamie Neal, the host, asked many questions about their mindset and how they fundamentally operate their world and the world around them. Hello and welcome back to 360 Yourself. Good afternoon, good morning, good, good evening. I don't know where you are in the world, but hello and welcome. Um, so you have me, of course, the host, Jamie, and today I've got a brilliant, brilliant guest for me, Lee Fairweather. How are you doing, Lee? I am good. I'm good, good. Thank you for having me, Jamie. No worries, thank doing? you. I'm very, very good. Whereabouts are you speaking from today? Where are you? I'm speaking from home in the lovely <laughs> neighbourhood of South London, my favourite part of London. No way. You're home? I'm home? No way. I mean... No way. Can you believe this? <laughs> Can you believe this? We're in lockdown. <laughs> um, how has your morning been? What have you been up to? That's what I want to know. Morning's been good. It's, um, you know, the rest of the week was pretty rainy, but today's sunny. It looks like California outside, but it's not. It's Wandsworth, which is slightly different. Um, but it's been a good morning. I've had a few meetings, um, a few Zoom meetings, which I'm I'm getting used to now. You know, I'm loving it. Uh, it's talking to a few people that um, I want to work with and I think really fits... Uh, and aligns with the brand at Compulsory. Um, there's a few projects that we're looking at right now. We're actually like just super busy at the moment, which is great. You know, we're super grateful. Um, yeah, did that, and um, also had uh, some peppermint tea and watched an epi- episode of Columbo, as you do. Oh, I don't know if you like to do that. But, so, um, are you are you are you, are you a, a coffee drinker, or are you just solely just like fruit teas and tea? You know what? I'm not even genuinely like a a, a hot drink drinker funny enough i mean i'm definitely not coffee and i know that seems alien to most but i'm not a coffee person it has a weird effect on me um if i'm gonna have uh, some sort of hot drink though it's like a hot chocolate or are you, you said, like are you that drink. person on set when you're and everyone's like i'll have a latte tea and then you're like oh can i have an iced coffee or like an iced tea are you that person an iced tea yeah i'm that person and anyone looks at you like you know, you you killed their dog, and it's like, <laughs> hey, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but I'm I'm, really I'm like that with different parts of the world where I'm working and stuff. I'm like, when I'm like in New York and I'm doing my thing, I'm like, oh, iced tea, because that's what everyone has in in New York, iced tea. <laughs> right. But when I'm here, exactly. I'm I'm like, oh, I'll just get a latte, I'll get a, like a filter coffee latte, because that's what everyone has here. I just kind of like, yeah. I merge and adapt into where I am, the environment. Of course, that's exactly what, that's my perspective too. And also what I find though, what's so funny, Jamie, is that I'll, I'll then, um, I'll say like, oh, maybe even I'll have like a lemonade or something or, or orange juice. And then suddenly all the coffee drinkers turn around and they go, you know what? I'll change my order. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, ah, oh, you see? <laughs> you're just an inspiration. You're just an inspiration. You're just a trendsetter. That's all you got to be. You're a trendsetter. I'm trying. I am trying. Next thing, next stop, juice bar. Okay. <laughs> juice bar. 
the the thing. I don't do, do we. I don't think we have enough juice bars in London. This is what I think. I don't feel like we have enough juice bars. Well, Lee's juice bars come into a, uh, a place near you. They, a set near you. There you go. You're, compulsory will be doing their, the the producer will be doing their production list, and they're doing all the budgets, and they're like, okay, so catering. What do you mean? Okay, <laughs> jo- <laughs> Lee, Lee's, Lee's juice bar's got to be on it. Lee's juice bar. Yeah. Like two million for juice bar. Hey, <laughs> how many iced teas and joys juice and apple juice, apple juice? What the hell? It that much? <laughs> Love it. So what I want to know, I what I know, I just want the audience to know. So you've had a very interesting career. You started as a former kind of music journalist, and then you joined um, Compulsory. Um, mm-hmm. And what I want to know is what was before that. Um, and how did you get, get into music? And then how did you become a journalist? And then how did you get to compulsory? That's what I want to know. Yeah, no. Uh, so basically, it, it was like music journalists, um, film critic as well, like film freelancing. So I was doing a lot of programming. Um, I was working with the BFI. I was writing for Crap Magazine at one point. I was writing for Ransom Note as well. Actually, Ransom Note, were, they were great, actually, man. Um, I love those guys. And uh, I mean, before that, my passion for music was always there and it started from my family i would say i was like growing up to listening to stuff that now would still be mind-blowing you know it's like a a three-year-old running around listening to pharaoh sanders for goodness sakes you know it was that sort of like upbringing um so music was always there and then film i've always just loved like film is also a passion as well i actually have a very scary amount of knowledge when it comes to films which is like ridiculous you could ask me something and be like oh i was watching this film the other night and it had this person i'm like yep it's this and you'll just be like huh how did you know that (laughs) it's like i don't know i love films so um that was i really wanted to start out as a director basically um i wanted to direct films and i did a few short films here and there and then i realized that i had like a knack for writing about films so then um I started off just, you know, writing little bits and putting them on the internet. And then a lot of people were reading them and then that would get to the right person. Actually, um, Ashley Clark, who's an amazing um, film critic, um, he helped me write some stuff and like get some commissions in and stuff and write for film zines. Um, one of them being Shelf Heroes, which was, I think that was like the first like proper thing I kind of like wrote for, mm-hmm. uh, which was crazy. Uh, and then also... But the music was also in line as well because it was I was always having conversations with Chris, who was one of the founders of Compulsory, because we've been friends for ages now. Um, we were always talking about music and like vinyl digging, um, finding these crazy soundtracks, like these Italian soundtracks and, and stuff, and just going through them and listening to them, but then also seeking out the films as well, because a lot of times with that sort of thing, almost like in black exploitation films too, the soundtrack is more famous than the film itself. But me and Chris would take it upon ourselves to like hunt for the film and watch it and analyze it and be like, oh, this is actually, you could take segments and that would make a really cool music bit. But basically me and Chris's taste were always aligned. And then I remember I sent him and the, well, most of the other guys too at Compulsory, this Oscar World Peace video um, for That's All Right. And I was like, yo, this guy called Taz Trondelix, he's like, insane he's got this crazy eye for stuff and it like it looks like london but it looks like futuristic at the same time and it's like it's crazy and anyway they were like oh yeah we 
kind of all right let's check this out and they checked it out and the rest is history like taz is now just killing it you know he's doing like incredible stormzy video incredible camouflage vid all this stuff and incredible ads as well he's a he's a real visionary but um i think that's always kept that's always been in like the guys heads at um, compulsory was like oh like our tastes are so similar to these and we're a taste-based company <laughs> let's always just see what he's doing and what he's up to mm. and um it just made sense at one point when i was like continuing to write and everything they were like you know what we actually feel like you should come on board and help like curate the stuff that we're doing like package projects with our directors with artists that you think they would work with or want to work with and that's exactly what i did i asked all the directors who they were listening to why how that aligned with their career i would reach out to either that artist or a label or the management and then find a way for them to work because i feel like magic can really happen when you package the right artists with the right visionaries mm -hmm. especially if they're and they a lot of times they can both be visionaries as well and they can really like informing complement each other's worlds and um so yeah it's been a really fun grateful journey i cannot lie i am I mean, Dream Job was always film director, but it was also doing this job too. So I can't complain about anything, and I won't. Because <laughs> <laughs> also, because also, like obviously, when you are working now, you're you are being creative, and you're also helping the d direct the kind of the creative with the director, and then align people as well. So yeah. in theory, you're kind of like satisfying both passions for music, <laughs> and also kind of your sort of directing creative eye exactly exactly and that's why the sort of to be honest the film knowledge sort of helps because coming on board it was this thing of being like oh yeah obviously you can discuss certain films with directors and artists in order to see what direction they want to go into or or even help them come up with with ideas and whatnot about where they want to go in and how that applies to their career and in terms of image and in terms of brand and that sort of thing. Mm. So the two things really do inform each other, even more so when you're actually there. And you're... Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So when you are um when you're working and you're and you're seeing cuz obviously you've got to you've got to have your eyes open for all the kind of amazing kind of um, cultural and trend things that are happening within the music industry, but also kind of in life. How do you keep it? How do you keep on lock what's actually happening and and be updated and, and be present of what what's what's going on? Man, that's you know what I'll be honest. It that's a great question, and I'm still trying to find the answer because of the simple fact that I am, and that's one of the reasons I'm even on board and I am finding new artists where I'm like, we have to work with them, especially, well, more so when they align with our taste and our brand at Compulsory. That's the exact reason why I'm on board with them. Like, I'm an, I'm an ambassador of Compulsory and the brand, you know? Um, and I can always just sort of tell gut instinct-wise that an artist definitely aligns with us, that a certain director aligns with us, that um, photographers and and whoever is a creative aligns with us and our brand. And the way I sort of do that, to be honest, it's, and it sounds ridiculous, but it's almost like a natural knack for having a certain type of taste. It's not, it doesn't, there's no real like box ticking. You don't, it's not really ticking any boxes or anything. It's like a, it's a way of recognizing that someone has a talent 
and they're really good at it, but mm. it's a refined sort of talent as well. And it's going to go somewhere. It's going to be somewhere. You can just envision it. You can see it in your head sort of thing, you know, and that's what, and that's what makes it so good. It's like a weird sort of, okay, my taste actually <laughs> translates pretty well <laughs> sort of thing. And it's that's why I always say to the directors too, when I say to them, who are you listening to um, and why? And then they kind of get a bit almost like nervous because, you know, some people, they don't, want to really say who they're listening to or whatever just in case uh, they feel like they might be judged or whatever and I'm like no just go through your playlist and say and then I'm like oh yeah of course <laughs> like I'm just gonna go through I'm listening to right now and then tell you and I'm like send me your playlist from Spotify tell me like the last um, vinyl that you bought if you're into collecting vinyls tell me the last mm. film that you watched and what did you think of it mm. um, and that sort of and that basically trans translates really well like it just so happens that we all have what we consider because obviously taste is objective, but what we consider good taste at compulsory, right? We're mm. like, well, not only... And the important thing, though, is... And one thing I've always sort of prided myself on is I can tell the difference between something that is, say, is good, but I might not necessarily like it. But I can still say it's good. It might might not be Your taste, sort of yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then there's things where... I do like it and I love it, but it still might not fit the brand of compulsory. So therefore we wouldn't move forward with it. Yeah. So that, yeah. To be honest is where the defining moments come in. It's like, this is great, but, or this is not quite my thing, but I can see where this person's coming from mm. with their art. Um, so yeah, uh, it sounds ridiculous, but it's the way I keep up with everything. I just sort of had this knack for knowing what's going to pop off and, it's a blessing to be honest with you it's um it's a magic skill that you have you're a lot sort of like a wizard that if you can kind of see and foresee all this kind of what what looks what's going to pop off well thank you i might have to change my name now on instagram (laughs) wizard the music wizard the music wizard music wizard is good right merlin wizard merlin music merlin music (laughs) i like that aka (laughs) lee bellover aka music wizard merlin music merlin music there's definitely a pun in there about Wizard of Oz. I just can't think of it. No, we'll come back. We'll come back to <laughs> well, it. We'll come back to we'll it. We'll come back to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so when what I what I also want to know is what we when you are kind of in your day to day life when you're not kind of doing your thing because obviously everyone knows that when you are when we're in our jobs that we are so bombarded with ideas from via other people. And we're mm. jumping from project to project. Sometimes we don't allow ourselves just to like sit and think and let our natural kind of mind wander off. And you always hear from people that when they do the lawn mowing, that's where they get the best ideas. What when you are kind of when you're relaxing and when you're not kind of working, how do you how do you spend your time to allow your kind of brain just to relax and get the kind of best ideas that, that you might need for your work and stuff? I mean, funny enough, I kind of I have conversations with with friends about this general like catching up in life and that sort of thing um that's always good because it just it's a good way to like check in on stuff and bring some sort of almost like form of like normality and whatnot it's just good to have a a a classic like old school conversation with a friend but then also i like to watch it's funny i can still relax by watching films and listening to music but I'm not necessarily in that work mind. I can still separate it and just enjoy it for what it is. Mm. Um, 
So I get a lot from that. Or I just like, to, I mean, luckily where I live, there's like loads of green and stuff. So like just taking a walk, it's like the best way to like clear your mind for goodness sakes, you know, and just sitting down in the park somewhere and chilling. Um, I do a lot of reading as well. Uh, and that can really help too. But it's funny how initially, to be honest, and starting this job at Compulsory, there was a bit of the struggle of how do I separate the two worlds? Because I, in order to relax, I tend to like listen to music and, and find new music and find new films. Mm. But then obviously that merges in with what I do. But luckily I've found a way to separate it, which is I can just sit back and kind of almost switch my brain off and just see them for what they are. Um, if an idea comes up, in that time it's sort of like a win-win for me because i'm enjoying the job so much <laughs> that i'm like you know what i'll just note this down for another time <laughs> and then see what we can do with this if i'm like watching a new film and the director's really good or listening to music and then it's an unknown artist and it's like oh actually we can we could do a music bit but i won't think about that right now i'm just gonna enjoy <laughs> this pack for where it is <laughs> yeah it's it's like the same thing for um the creative director for uh louis vuitton is it louis yeah louis vuitton what's his name um oh what's his name okay. oh. oh i know um, i know if this was some years ago jamie i would have told you straight away but i'm getting old yeah what's his, memory's going. What's, his, what's, his <laughs> what's his name i'm trying to think of what his name is now anyway but he um he he what he does he's really known and i was reading an interview about him and he says he's really known for like being at a restaurant with his friends but his mind's somewhere else because he's listening to all the kind of interactions of like conversations and things to to really pick up on the inspiration whether it is like a certain kind of like decorative sort of thing or the lighting mood or like a conversation that's happening in the back he's always very vigilant of what's going on in in, around his space and i think i think i think that's what we were talking about earlier which is the ability to be receptive to what what the world is offering you in terms of conversation color story that's right it's really That's important right. to do to do that, and when you are, because um, it comes sort of music. They've done loads of studies about music being um, a, a mood pickupper. Well, I don't know what the word is, but like when you are feeling down or whatever, you put a piece of music on, and it completely changes the way you emotionally feel and your thoughts and that sort of thing. How do True. you? How do you? For instance, because your whole life is not whole life, but your your professional career is is about music and and about creating with music and that sort of thing. How do you how do you find when you are not in the best of places and you're slightly off balance? How do you find that uh, affects your work and how you receptively work with people and how you respond to pieces of music and new artists and that sort of thing? Um, that's such a great, interesting question, and I've actually been thinking about this more and more because with the current climate, it just gives you so much time to reflect and uh, think about things. But what I've realised is what I tend to do is. I find it will help and I can find some sort of form of escapism by watching a lot of old films and listening to a lot of old music because then I'm escaping to like a place or a decade where I'm not that familiar with it and I'm only connecting through it with this music and films that I'm watching. Um, For instance, it was like quite, there was quite a lot of like personal stuff to go through recently and I was listening to a lot of beach boys and that was helping you know mm-hmm. because it's like quite soothing yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. Int- intricate sort of like great music and then oh so in terms also of how like 
I think of for me personally how like the work the universe responds to you in like vibrations and stuff. Jeez, and even what a funny choice of words, good vibrations, Beach Boys. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> <laughs> I really had a. I was listening to like a lot of of their stuff and a lot of like is it the four or four freshmen and that sort of thing and um i had a a sudden urge to watch love and mercy because i've always loved that film about um brian wilson and john cusack plays him and paul dano plays him at a younger age and i was like i swear i have that on blu-ray somewhere and i don't know i can almost like find it therapeutic to watch films that suddenly pop in my head and i have a a sudden urge and gut feeling to watch them because it, I just know it will help me and it'll help me like come out of like a place that isn't so good. And anyway, I couldn't find it, but the very next day it was on TV. Oh, <laughs> wow. Like, well, okay. And that happens a lot. And I know it sounds ridiculous, but it's true. That happens quite a bit. I will have a sudden urge to watch or listen to something and it will appear and that's almost to me like a sign in itself you know what i mean and that literally happened like last week and i ended up watching the whole thing and just being like oh i actually feel way better for some reason i just knew i had to watch that film it's not strange (laughs) it's so so strange but that has happened a lot and to be honest in terms of like work and i find that if I'm not in the best place and how that affects work and everything, I can use work as a distraction, but also because my job is mainly going out there and meeting people and connecting Mm. that actually brings up my spirits talking about something passionately will automatically raise my spirits. Yeah. I find that as well. I find that when I'm like, I'm feeling a bit down and if I talk about something that I'm passionate about, whether it is like choreography or like directing or art or fashion or music or whatever it is, and it's something mm-hmm. create. It's something creative led. I feel like my my I, something ignites in my stomach, and I'm like, I must create, or I'm so excited yes. to like get this idea out and woo and, and do a sort of sort of sort of thing, and I start doing little mini projects and start getting things into fruition. I'm I'm that That's quote right. from Nike where it says, "Just do it." Is my life. I'm oh, never. I'm, I don't yes. read. I don't really procrastinate. I'm really. I'm very much a doer. And anyone that works for me, I just do it straight away. I'm like. Let's just do this. Okay, cool. How do we do it? Boom. Okay, let's go. <laughs> That's literally I how it. I do. I just go straight. I just don't think about it because I think if I over, I think what people do, they overthink about things and they never get to do it because they go, oh, maybe I'm going to get a no or maybe that person won't want to do it or whatever. And I'll I go, agree. I just might, I just going to do it and just see. Like the worst they could say is no or whatever. Or the worst thing, it takes a lot longer than you think to actually get the process going. And it's always that sort of um, the thing about... Um, the Greatest Showman, where it took, it took him eight years, Michael Gracie, eight years to develop the production. It's just like, of course, if he yeah. would have, he would have like got so many no's and all that sort of thing. But it's actually just keeping forward and just going, just do it, just get on and do it, just, just do it, just do it. And that way, it is. Then you know as well. Like I'm sort of a person that I have to know. <laughs> you know, I'd rather know, and then it doesn't quite work out. Then not know and always wonder. Yeah, you know what I mean. There's that, and I also think you're you're totally right. You hit the nail on the head, and I also think there's something to be said about not only creating, but then getting inspired by others that create as well. Mm. I'm thinking about it now. One of the reasons I probably even had the knack to watch Love and Mercy is because I wanted to watch something about someone who's a genius, who's a creator, mm. and see what they did when they were going through something, because that's what that whole film is about. I mean, yeah. most films about geniuses and creators are always going to have those moments where they like 
hit rock bottom and they use creativity to get themselves out of that sort of you know emotional mm. pit mm. but um there's definitely something to be said about that and i think you know that's a that's almost what we're to a certain extent doing with the gallery that we just launched you know it's a way of having this community of creators in order to help us through this sort of time and combat some sort of forms of um isolation anxiety mm. because it's good to see what uh, what creatives find inspiring and that's exactly what we do at the gallery we're asking people to come on board and show work not necessarily that they did but works by other people that inspired they inspired them yeah and it can help to you know it's like using art as a way of entertainment basically yeah and i, th- I think that i think what what i find fascinating is people's I, what i love about doing these sort of podcasts and talking to other creatives is one their process how they got to where they where they come from to now but also their creative processes and i've seen a lot more production companies and uh q and a's about more about um h- how people work and what they're inspired about and i've been asked by lots a bit different production companies and q and a's to do like these community things on instagram where you like you talk do you talk about what you're doing in lockdown and you answer questions and so people can like find out what you're doing and i find that really fascinating logging into other people and talking to other people mm-hmm. like yourself about what inspires them and 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 how they keep how they keep active in this lockdown because it's always great to see people's work but i find it more interesting i'm sure everyone does is how yeah. they create the work and how they yes. come to where they are i'm never really exactly. interested in like the moment i'm always interested in the past how what the process yes. is me too me too i completely agree. 100% agree um and that's definitely something that used to inform my passion for film as well I used to I don't know if you did as well actually Jamie did you used to listen to director's commentaries oh I still do I still do oh, I, okay. li- I, I listen I listen to <laughs> documentaries I read bi- uh, biographies I even I'm that sad person that watches um speech um award speeches I listen oh, I do that I <laughs> I do it all the time I'll listen to like who they thanked and, and where they come up from and that sort of thing. And I just find it so fat. Yeah. Like I remember meeting uh, Henry Sh- Schofield. Is that how you say it? Schofield, Schofield? Uh, dire- um, yeah, the- Schofield. Schofield, the director. And I'm yeah. a massive fan of his work. Cause he's so movement and dance based. And he's just a wizard with the camera. And I met him for a coffee maybe like two years ago. Cause I, was, I reached out to him and a friend of mine put him in touch. And I didn't realize he was actually a dancer when he was younger. I didn't know this wow. and his mum was a dancer or something and he did skateboarding and stuff and that's why he can he that's why he's so great with dance and movement and how to capture it is because he did it when he was younger and he knows that kind of how to do it and so i was just like oh okay that makes sense now and i love finding out those little nuggets of information of how of how how they come how they come about and how they kind of like become who they are i find that really fascinating exactly i completely 100 percent agree and also now i've realized what we have to do jamie after this is we need to have our own zoom sort of watching speeches night okay <laughs> yes i can send you like a truckload i'm my favorite one is the liver coleman one i watch that constantly where she won the oscar the oscar yeah that one's amazing yeah i, I love that, that one and there's another one i think it was um uh, uh what's his name the guy from interstellar um Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, Matthew McConaughey, and he was talking about like being present in the moment and all sort of thing. And oh, I, 
yeah, his one was deep. Yeah, his is deep, <laughs> yeah. and I find that really fascinating. I just love, I love watching them. I also envision myself like winning one. So it's just, yeah, I think it's manifesting that sort of thing. And it's like you know, there's the people when they were younger, and they're like, oh, I think it was I think it was Oliver Coleman actually it was like the but the girl in the bedroom, and you're she's like winning the Oscar, winning the award, and then suddenly it manifests, and she's doing it. I think it's partly that as well. It's secretly like, oh, I'd love to win a, like, an Oscar. But <laughs> also, but also I'm fascinated about their, how, who, who've helped them and the collaborators and their team because you can't get anywhere. And, like, and as, as you said, like when you were writing, you put, put out that you were so lucky that some, the right person saw it and actually yeah. pushed you up. And without that, you don't know what you probably wouldn't be, be here. And it's all about team and who actually believed in you in that moment. And I find that fascinating to see sure. how people become and who help them because that's the most one of the most important things is who you surround yourself with exactly i 100 percent agree everything is timing i used to have these conversations all the time with a a good friend of mine um who's extremely inspiring to me actually um his name is my panda shall fly um and we went to school with each other and everything he's like an amazing artist man seriously and um, we always used to have these conversations where we would basically work back the ways we've sort of met people and what would have happened if we didn't mm. and then create like alternative universes of what's happened like i've always loved that sort of you know nostalgic 90s sitcoms thing when they the sitcoms would just take a turn one day and then just do a random episode where suddenly it's not in this it's not set in the same universe anymore it's set in a place where everything's different and the characters are different because this one didn't meet that one but we would basically do that in real life and be like imagine if we didn't meet that person that night isn't and that, that wouldn't have led to that meeting and then that meeting wouldn't have we order it all the time and it's we just find it fascinating that's Absolutely a script and a half though you should write something like that that would be amazing for netflix Oh, make sure you take that part out of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I want the next guest to just come. It's like, wait, that person after Lee did that weird alternative universe show. <laughs> <laughs> but they did it with Amazon Prime. They didn't do it with Netflix. Yeah, they didn't do it with Amazon Prime. They did, yeah. <laughs> they did it with Hulu. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, because it's so true, like, how people come into your life and, like, who people... I remember, I, I remember, like, it's so funny that you reach out to someone, for instance, I, I did this, re I did this last year, that I reached out to someone like the year beforehand, and then we both said we loved each other's work, and we were like, well, the right project will come along, and then we'll work together, and then I, and then like a year later, my agent goes, oh, this is brilliant, pr brilliant brand, I can't say the brand, because I'm on NDA, still now, for a lifetime. Oh, okay. Oh, it's, one, it's, one, it's one of those sort of things, it's on the NDA for life. Um, yeah. And, um, uh, the my the the my 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 agent was like oh uh there's projects big brand da, 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 da. um your name is popped up and i'm like oh okay it's brilliant amazing cool and i was like i'll put me forward for it it's big big job um and uh and then i and then she was i was like who, who who's the director and then he said she said his name and i was like oh i think i know this this guy's name i'm pretty sure i know who and i went through my instagram and then it was like a conversation like a year beforehand that he reached out to, I think, I know I reached out to him and said, I really love your sports work. And then he was like, I really like your movement work. And then we shared like an email and that was it. And then the, what happened is that he recognized my name from that Instagram conversation and then was like, I'm going to book Jamie. And it was just wow, like, see? and it was this really, really big, massive campaign that went around the world. And I, 
I could t- I'll tell you after after the the podcast, but I can't tell you now. But um, yeah, it's um, it's funny how that that those sort of things happen. And I always say to my sister, you should always just reach out to people that you really enjoy because it might not be now, but it might be in the future. Man, it's and you see, I should have said this story before, but you completely reminded me of what happened when I got through this. Um, you know, Bedroom did this amazing video for Kaufu for the deathbed video. Yeah. And it was so, there was so much that, that had to go into it. And also it was when like COVID was really starting to happen. But anyway, production company helped us out there in Canada, um, did an amazing job boldly. And um, I realized though, that I spoke to them a year before randomly on Instagram because I liked like this video that they did and then they were like oh yeah you know maybe one day we could like meet or work on something and then i realized <laughs> that it was them helping on this vid in canada and Isn't not that only weird? that it was a year to that day oh wow that's strange <laughs> that's right and the the day i spoke to them i was not in a good place <laughs> like you know it was one of those situations where it was like but that i remember that on that day raised my spirits up completely and then it was like oh wait i know that I'm sure it's that company I spoke to like what around a year ago, and I look it up and I see, it and I'm like, ah, that is today last year. Well, is would it? Would you look at that? Do you do you think do you think it's sub- subconscious? Like you see, you've obviously you've seen the name and you've you've been had an interaction, and then your brain kind of recognizes the name, but obviously it's not at the forefront. And then when it comes to actually choosing or it ha- or something happens in that area, you then go to that name because you slightly recognize that name, but you don't know you recognize that name. Yeah, 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 sure, for sure. I definitely feel like there's that. I definitely feel like there's some in a subconscious sort of way your brain strangely makes a, you know, a subconscious storyboard <laughs> to like, yeah. or, or narrative to basically eventually make it happen if you actually have a passion for it and you actually believe. Mm. Um, I actually do believe that. And the thing is, is I have to because it's been happening. So the evidence is right there for me. It is bulletproof. It is right there. And I do think that somewhere you're you're triggering a part of your mind that's making you go, oh, remember this? It's prompting you. It's like it's prompting you like mentally and creatively. And it's really interesting. Mm. Um, but yeah, that that's one of those moments that I've had recently. And I've had a few of them. So, you know, love and mercy, the year on working with a production. <laughs> like it's, it's all in nuts. It's all insane. Yeah, I, I get the I get the so much that time is about every time is everything, and then I'm like, oh, I would love to work with this person or this production company, and I've either emailed them or they've emailed they've like liked my whatever it is, and then suddenly like I'm working with them, and it's like so out of the blue and random, and because they've seen my name before, subconsciously or something, and then suddenly we're happening, and I'm like, oh, it's so weird, like it's, I really wanted to work with you five years ago or two years ago or a year ago, and suddenly it happened, it's happening now, and I wasn't ready maybe then five five years ago, but now I am now, and it's just weird yep. thing yep, weird yep, thing yep, so nice. what i want to know is you're kind of going on from like um b- being present in the moment and and being kind of like uh, receptive to the world that around you what would be your kind of favorite quote that you've ever um learned or you've like you someone someone said to you before and you've, you've always remembered it you know i've been trying to think of that <laughs> <laughs> Well, we've we been we been we been going for thirty four minutes. So you've had, you've had a good... <laughs> I've got there's some uh, I know some wise, knowledgeable people, man, and I'm I am truly truly blessed. I can't lie. I have come in contact with some 
amazing like the bet i'm i genuinely have come in contact with like the best people in the world like i've always known that i remember people you know people ask you about your friends and stuff and i always say i am spoiled when it comes to friends i have like 15 at least 15 like close you know once in a lifetime friends <laughs> you know what I yeah mean? Like, yeah i've got quite a few of them and they've been helping me oh i can't even there's there's a bunch so trying to pull a quote out <laughs> is a toughie you tough, can you can give me to... three then you can give me three if you want to give me three <laughs> three <laughs> four five three is rough right there oh you know what i do i mean one that came to mind and to be honest it's because i found out recently and it was like this amazing song from uh this jazz poet uh wonder robinson who um was part of this group black ivory who's like one of the best groups of all time and it's a pretty like deep quote and it's not i can't necessarily say it's something no you could i have used it in life but still anyway the quote is a lie is only a lie if you believe it and some people will believe anything if it's convenient and that stuck with Whoa. me i was like oh yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I, 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 had, I had to think about that for a second. I was like, whoa, okay. Repeat that again. Yeah. Repeat, repeat that again. <laughs> I'm going to say it, say it say again. Say it again. Say it again. <laughs> um, a lie is only a lie if you believe it. And some people believe anything. If it's convenient. And I was like, damn, Wanda. <laughs> <laughs> damn. That's profound. Interesting. That's You can apply that to a lot, can't you? <laughs> like, you can apply that to anything. But it's just something... To keep in mind, I guess, um, another one is I watched this incredible documentary uh, called The Black Godfather, who to me is probably the most successful and important tastemaker of all time. His name is um, Clarence Avon, and he had a hand in just about any big political or music musical event that you can think of. He had a hand in... Um, he used to manage, I believe, Billy Holiday and Duke Ellington, but he also had a hand in E. Diddy's career, Ludacris's career, Obama's career, Bill Clinton's, you name it, he did it. It was like, a, you know, you watch Quincy Jones's documentary and you think, oh, wow, Quincy Jones has done everything. And then Quincy Jones is in this documentary and Quincy's like, I want to be like Clarence. Like, ah. Who, who is this guy? <laughs> who is he? He so, <laughs> you know, it's interesting. It's such a, that's almost like a part in the documentary but no he you know he used to run his own like music label um he's 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 known as someone that people go to for advice he's like a a, a life guru yeah that has amazing taste <laughs> you can't even in the documentary they say i don't really know what clarence did but he did what he did he did it well <laughs> like you just go to clarence actually a good i mean there's two quotes from it and one of the quotes was um Lionel Richie talking about him and he said you know there's people that help you to get money and Clarence is the person that helps you keep it so that's mm. the best way to describe what he did yeah he's very good at giving advice and I love that but another quote from him from Clarence Avon was um he said everything is numbers life is numbers he was like he doesn't care what it is he was like you start life with another with a number and you end life with a number your age so <laughs> I was like geez another another deep Top quote <laughs> yeah exactly another... i might have to check him out i definitely will have to check him out in his documentary i highly recommend it everybody who is 
just everybody's in this documentary talking about how incredible this guy is. And you know what? He, the other thing that touched me about the documentary too, he represents a lot of what we do and want to do and will do at Compulsory. In terms of being there, Compulsory, we really pride ourselves on like knowing what's going on, as you said before, and like just having that sort of knack for who's gonna who's gonna do well and why and then being talented believing in them but we're always there at the beginning stages we mm. don't pop up like arch jeeves when you're successful and be like hey can we work with you sort of thing you know it's like uh, yeah yeah we see the vision already and we recognize it but not only that we want to be able to help everybody with the exception of a, of a few but everyone on the roster they haven't signed they never signed anywhere else we were there at the beginning and we helped them to get to where they are just helped you know mm. it's that sort of thing it's the same and we do the same with artists as well it's like we believe in you there's mm. something there and we want to take that and show it to as many people as possible or whoever you whoever the artist thinks should be seeing it and that's a lot of what this Clarence Avon guy was doing too it was all very taste-based mm. he believed in people and he helped them there's that documentary, um, Searching for Sugarman, uh, mm. for Sugarman. Yeah, about, yeah, yeah. Um, that, uh, He signed that artist. Like, oh, wow. he discovered him. <laughs> he was the one who believed in him. And it took 42 years for that documentary that came out eventually, Searching for Sugar for Sugarman, where people in the industry were like, oh, Clarence was always right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, because he didn't sell many records and he wasn't big at the time, but his music then went on to, like, help um, fight apartheid in South Africa. Like that was like you know this the music that they were using in order to like protest and whatnot. So there was that, and then but also you know it didn't really get discovered <laughs> until that documentary came out. But he signed, he signed him, he signed him like before on his label. Um, mm. I can't remember the name of the label now. I think it might have been Sussex, but uh, and he had a hand in a lot of other stuff too. But again, the reason why it really appealed to me and the, why I told everyone. At compulsory too to watch it if they hadn't already. I was I was like he represents a lot of what we're doing. And, yeah, yeah. And and strive to do. He's like compulsory, but in walking form. He's mm -hmm. he's a personified compulsory, you know. Mm. Um, and it's really inspiring to watch. I mean, again, that almost goes back to what you asked him before. In order to like separate, I separate like life from work and like find a way to like raise my spirits. I just. I can watch a lot of inspirational documentaries, like not inspirational in like a Instagram quote way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. In no. terms of what's you know aligned with what I'm doing, and like and basically just creative people, people, you, you know, not even maybe creative, but they just believed in something and they went on to do it because mm. of the passion, the passion. Nothing else could drive them but the passion. Even I would say that's why that's one thing that does help me to see like to know which art is to sort of reach out to it's a passion thing it's like no oh, this person has a passion yeah i believe in tradition so, yeah yeah it's true though isn't it passion and authentic authenticity is like such a um, um a a thing that we gravitate towards as people when someone's really passionate about it we can't not want to be part of their passion and their, their vision exactly exactly yeah. it's the it's it's such a interesting insightful trait and it will it will, it will always be anything else, to yeah, be honest yeah. with you, you know? <laughs> like, it will always be anything else. And that's, that's like, very important 
to like me and all the guys at compulsory too you know it's like uh, it's passion it's authenticity and it's taste mm. taste is always going to be number one i remember um oh so another actually you know what a quote that has stayed with me to be honest is from um brian yance who's like brian's one of my favorite people ever and i've only met him once <laughs> um, but yeah brian i remember him saying that uh he was asking uh rick rubin who actually hired him and uh he was asking him about uh, this person that he like wanted to hire, basically, and Rick Rubin basically said to him, taste is number one. That would be anything. Don't worry about how they do the job or whatever the case is. Taste is always going to be the number one determining factor. And that's something we've always believed in, too. So that quote's always stayed with me as well. Mm. I think that's three. That's three quotes. That's three if quotes. I more, I will. Done. <laughs> Done. Well, I want to say thank you so much for giving me your time. I know you're very busy with... Um the compulsory gallery and also all the kind of other stuff you're doing with the company and stuff so thank you so much and i know this was going to be a really really great uh podcast episode because you're such a warm charismatic person to chat to when we when i first picked up the phone i was like i'm gonna connect with him he's really cool (laughs) (laughs) thank you jamie oh man that's nice (laughs) yeah so thank you very much um have a lovely afternoon and evening um and thank you so much for everything Yes, of course. Thank and thank you for having me. This has been great. I've loved it. Good man. Um, good. Yeah. Let's 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 do it again. Thank I'd you. Love to. <laughs> <laughs> right. Have a good have a good day, man. You as well. Take care now. Be safe. This is three sixty yourself, and I'm Jamie Neal. Thank you very much for taking a moment to listen to our wonderful guests. Please subscribe to our podcast to access all our brilliant guest episodes. They are released every Sunday at 12pm. We are available on all listening platforms, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Overcast, Google Podcasts and Castro. You can also find us on Instagram at 360 underscore yourself, Twitter at yourself360 and our host at Jamie Neal JN. Thank you for listening.